Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Thank you, Father, for making this opportunity, and thank you for blessing us with wisdom and discernment today for the days to come. Amen. Okay, we're going to continue with The Dragon is Cast Down. This will be number three. Um, We are calling it also subtitled uh, The Origins of Evil. Uh, this is uh, uh, Claire Pinar's revelation here first on 4.12.22. And uh, she said, After Rion and I watched, watched the water from Stu Peters, we hit the floor and prayed and interceded for those family members who have been duped by the beast system. Well, we know that this is an argument going on and off, and we're not taking any particular sides here on this particular revelation. Uh, But it seems like we put together some truth here I want to share with you out of it and others. Uh, Then I asked the Lord uh, if this documentary interview with Dr. Artis was true and received by faith at random, Psalm 92.15, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. I closed my eyes and had a vision, and I saw a big needle. And the scene zoomed out and looked like it was being uh, rewound, like movies uh, that you rewind. The needle became a big black snake. Then the snake became a large dragon, yes, or serpent with legs and wings. It stood up on its back legs and flapped its wings. It had horns, and it had a forked red tongue. It was aggressive and angry. Okay, this probably could be representing the dragon slash serpent of Revelation 12, who tries to destroy the man, child, and woman, and failing at that goes to make war with the rest of her seed. And then I started praying in the spirit, and I saw a white sword come and attack this serpent or dragon from behind me. Uh, I believe this represents that the word which we've heard from the beginning, uh, Isaiah 30 and 21, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. And when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, this is the way. Walk in. In other words, the real truth is in the Word, right? It was a shiny metal, uh, and it pierced the dragon or serpent where its heart should have been, but there was no heart, just a black hole. Then I remembered the word of the Lord concerning the serpent in Genesis 3 and 15. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. 
and of course that's Jesus, he shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. I thought, why pierce the place where the heart is supposed to be? And the thought came to me maybe to show me that complete darkness, what complete darkness looks like. Well, we know it's it's a, a deep hole, um, this factious deep state. A miserable thing is about the greatest evil we've ever seen on the face of the earth. Anyway, the vision ended and I fell asleep. And when I awoke, I thought, why wasn't the head crushed? Well, uh, Revelation 12 and 9 says, And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. Well, the dragon, the old serpent's head, Satan, was uh, bruised by the seed of the woman, Jesus. And when he bound the strong man and told his seed to plunder him. And in these days, this is happening more than ever. Uh, the heel of Jesus is the end-time body of Jesus, who the serpent slash dragon will bruise by putting to death their flesh. Okay? Let's go to the scriptures here. Uh, Revelation 12, 1 through 12. And a great sign was seen in heaven, a woman arrayed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child, and she cried out, travailing in birth and in pain to be delivered. Okay, we know the man-child is coming to help with all of these things that are happening in these end times and to lead us and guide us through this. Um, and verse 3 says, And there was seen another sign in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, uh, and upon his heads seven diadems, or crowns, and his tail draweth a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And that is a great falling away of the stars, which was Abraham's seed, not the angels, as some people say. And the dragon standeth before the woman that is about to be delivered, that when she is delivered, he may devour her child. And she was delivered of a son, a man-child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne. Well, the man-child reformers are coming to help in this whole situation, guiding us, delivering, healing, on and on. Um, I had a vision early on Good Friday, this Good Friday, 4 and I saw two beautiful birds, one a grown-up and another a baby. They were side by side, and they were dressed in the same way with a blue, representing heavenly, coat, and white, representing sanctified breast. The baby was nestled underneath the right wing of his mother. Then I saw 
the baby take flight. And a very short uh, flight that landed uh, by another bird uh, dressed the same way. It then nestled underneath the right wing of that bird. I saw no egg. The baby had already been born and was able to fly. I knew immediately that this baby was the man-child ministry that's coming on the scene, the man-child reformers um, leading us back to truth. Uh, And it was the man-child leaving its mother's care and caught up to the throne authority of the father. So the last picture is with the father. And under the shadow of his wings... And, uh, of course, that was Passover, uh, the crucifixion of the Lamb, Jesus, uh, in the man-child body. And on the third day, which was the 17th, the today, uh, resurrection day, or catching up to the throne day, 17 is the number of a uh, preservation through an evil time when the crucifiers do their work, um, as in the 15th through the 17th. Okay. Uh, it is chosen number was Q is 17, right? Uh, and uh, all of this is a sign. Uh, sometimes signs are fulfilled immediately, you know, Um Uh, On the dates, they can be, and sometimes they're a sign of something coming very quickly, which this could be too, okay? Uh, This is possibly a parallel being shown between the man-child body and Trump. Daniel was promoted over the kingdom as Cyrus conquered Babylon on the same night. Um, Operation Disclosure said this, Thursday the 14th of April, Charlie Ward said, Jasara Nasara is happening this weekend. That was on the 14th. Um, And it was working, by the way, on the 1st. And everybody said it was working and in progress. But they said that they would announce it to the public around Easter. Okay, well, it's... Uh, By the way, Easter is uh, the pagan name for the goddess Ishtar uh, used in the KJV in uh, Acts 12 and 4. But it is translated from the Greek Pascha. In the Hebrew was Pesach, but the Greek is where it was in the New Testament, meaning Passover. It's the Passover. For some reason, they wanted to hide the Passover with all these fairy tales. Right. Well, Ishtar was uh, the pagan goddess that fell down out of heaven into the Euphrates River in an egg. A silly thing, we know. Um, But considering my revelation of the father and the mother and of the man-child, I then uh, read to them Operation Disclosure's revelation of this day, which it said, quote, an hour before sunrise, Friday morning, 15th of April, the planets Jupiter, Venus, Mars, and Saturn will be lined up 
in the southeast sky. So that was on the 15th. So uh, we have the heavenly bodies of Jupiter, the king planet representing the father, Venus representing the mother planet, and then Mars representing the war planet, and uh, Saturn representing the devil planet. <laughs> so after the uh, father and mother bring forth the man-child and his throne authority, war begins in the heavens. And the, the devil, as the dragon of Babylon, is being cast down. Praise be to God. And it will happen. It is happening, okay? And then I read uh, the first verse text sent in for that morning. And Deb sent that. Deb Horton sent that. It was Matthew 21, 5. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and riding upon an ass, which gives no credit to the flesh, right? And uh, upon a coat, the foal of an ass. And then verse 9. And the multitudes that went before him and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And as you know, Hosanna means, O save, heal, deliver, O Lord. Amen which is, of course, what Jesus did as the first New Testament man-child. And, of course, he's coming in the second New Testament man-child, which is a corporate body. As you know, when Jesus came uh, and left, he became a corporate body called the body of Christ. Okay? So this shouldn't be too strange to you, seeing that God uh, gives the interpretation there. Um, back in our Revelation 12 text, Verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that there they may nourish her a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And the nourishing there, of course, is the man-child who just before this was caught up to the throne of God and received his authority to uh, nourish the woman in uh, the wilderness, just as all the types and shadows point out. For instance, Moses did not fly away. He had a job to do. <laughs> it was bring the woman through the wilderness. He, was rep he represented the man-child ministry, right? So uh, verse 7 says, And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels going forth to war with the dragon. And the dragon warred and his angels. Notice that the demons are called angels because they are, um, uh, I know people that deny that fact, but um, they are. Okay, they were fallen angels. And they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, back in the garden, right? He was the serpent. Uh, he that is called the devil and Satan the deceiver of the whole world. The whole world. And as a matter of fact, Satan is inhabiting this seven-head, ten-horned body, which represents the whole world outside of Christ. Right? The old uh, 
fallen nature of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Now is come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. Wow. So we're seeing what we're going to see with the casting down of the dragon is this great authority of the Lord being demonstrated on the earth. His salvation, his power, and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, who accuseth them before our God day and night. Many of you have uh, heard the accuser, right? He has many helpers. (laughs) Not only uh, fallen angels, but uh, people who are accusers also. Um, And they, that is the saints, overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life even unto death. So it was the saints on earth who overcame him, which gave authority to the angels to win the battle in the heavenlies. Verse 12, because their ministry spirit sent forth to do service uh, for them that are heirs of salvation, right? They do that physical battle uh, with the, the, uh, the demons. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe for the earth and for the sea, because the devil is gone down unto you, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. So coming down with great wrath. Okay, so the, the church on earth during the tribulation period is going to have to deal with this great wrath. And uh, not only are the saints given authority to cast down Satan and his demons uh, from the second heaven to earth, but when they return with the Lord, they have a hand in casting him below the earth. (laughs) Yes, in Jesus' name. And uh, verse 13 says, And when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman. So there's a time of persecution for the woman, just as there was before the tribulation, a persecution against the man, child, and bride. Persecuted the woman that brought forth the man, child. And there were given to the woman the two wings of the great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time, three and a half years, from the face of the serpent. So this is going to be a feeding time. The first three and a half years is a feeding time. The church has to be restored to its former prominence and wisdom and power, and that's the man-child's business. Okay? And the serpent cast out of his mouth after the woman water as a river that he might cause her to be carried away by the stream. And as we will see, this could be representative of the Watch the Water documentary, although there are things there that we may differ with. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. 
uh, where the venom of the serpent is found in the vaccines and is being distributed through the water supply in order to change the DNA. Well, that's, that's the serpent's seed that God is seeking, right? Uh, we know on the earth there are sons of the devil and sons of God. And uh, the, the, uh, the beast uh, who is ruled by Satan, the dragon beast is ruled by Satan, wants this to happen. Uh, this is, uh, all, has all been under his control, although he may have jumped the gun just a little bit, you know. Um, this could represent the seed of the serpent, which would certainly be carrying the woman away from the seed of Adam and Christ, right? Um, that's what they want to destroy, okay? And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the river, which the dragon cast out of his mouth, and the dragon waxed wroth with the woman and went away to make war with the rest of her seed that keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. So the dragon couldn't do anything with the man child. And uh, now for this period of time, he can't do anything with the woman because she's being trained by Jesus through the man child. So now I want to talk to you about the seed of the serpent. Um, COVID snake venom documentation interview transcript of Dr. Artis and Stu Peters. Now, I know some of you have heard, um, you know, objections to this, but we'll, we'll get to that, okay? Um, so this is the Watch the Water documentary, full. Uh, Dr. Brian Artis, uh, it's an honor to be here. I just want to say thank you everyone who's put any faith and trust in me to be able to convey truth. Well, we, we trust in the Lord to convey truth, right? Yeah. And sometimes men have it and sometimes they don't. I have to get this uh, off my chest. My spirit is screaming to say something and bring it to the forefront to protect as many innocent lives as possible. That's all I've been trying to do since May of 2020. As you know, I read Anthony Fauci's memo on remdesivir, and when I actually clicked the links to the studies that he was quoting, saying that remdesivir was uh, safe and effective, I knew right away that he was lying. I knew right away that this drug was going to be used to mass murder a whole bunch of innocent people in America that did not need to die. Well, that may or may not be true in in different cases, okay? Then he was going to sell the world on the idea in the media that they were dying of a virus, when in fact I knew they were being poisoned to death with this drug. And I knew 30% of all people were going to experience multiple organ failure, uh, kidney failure, septic shock, hypertension, uh, and that's what the study said. Now, uh, we're a year and a half after that, and it's exactly the numbers that I said based on those studies. And I'm pretty much called the remdesivir guy everywhere I go, 
which is odd for a retired chiropractor to be uh, referenced as a pharmaceutical guy. But it is true remdesivir is a very toxic, deadly drug. There are a lot of medical doctors and professionals who will mention that. And it's proven to be ineffective. Uh, It's not just ineffective. It's very toxic and deadly. It is known and proven to actually injure specific organs in your body. And it targets specific organs. That is a part of why I think my spirit is so moved to make sure this gets out. On January the 21st of this year, 2022, so just two months ago, the FDA decided to authorize remdesivir as the only drug to be authorized uh, to be used in all newborns in this country. I can't even fathom the men or women in charge would actually do that. Since uh, January the 21st of 2022, it's the only drug to be used, only one allowed in hospitals for this entire pandemic. Now they're moving it into hospital care for children as young as newborns, seven pounds through the 18-year pediatric age range. It's the only authorized drug. There is nothing else that they're allowing for COVID-19 treatment, and I find that incredibly evil. And then they've also now canceled monoclonal antibody uses throughout the United States and all U.S. territories for COVID-19 early treatment. And they're moving remdesivir to the infusion centers where they were using monoclonal uh, antibodies as the only IV infusion drug allowed. And I've been moved with uh, one singular purpose since May of 2020 when I read Anthony Fauci's memo about remdesivir. I felt this spark inside of me that I now had to go voice to the world a warning to try to protect as many innocent lives as possible from being killed. So let's talk about what happened. It all started with a text. There's a medical doctor that I admire and love because he is nonstop from the beginning of COVID and has had the ability to project information and say to people around the world, You do not have to fear COVID. We have an answer. This guy has been on many stages with me. He still practices right now medicine and is an ER doctor. And he uh, sent me a text. It actually was dated December the 1st. And I did not see it until uh, like December the 18th. I don't know how I didn't see it, but the text read, Hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get (laughs) anti-venom? I realize he must have seen an interview I did on InfoWars. So Kate Daly and I uh, did an interview with me and wanted to go over my thoughts on monoclonal antibodies. 
And when I had been given some research studies that actually bothered me, I didn't like the idea based on the data in these research studies. I didn't think monoclonal uh, antibodies were safe. Long-term, not short-term, but long-term. Now I read the actual text message, got in the shower, and uh, while I was in the shower, I was uh, sitting there thinking, why would he send me that text? It has nothing to do with COVID. So I'm going through this, and I'm thinking about the text, and all my brain keeps going to uh, is, why is he mentioning anti-venom? Is there something about anti-venom? So I went and got on the Internet, and I wanted to know what is anti-venom, only to find out that most anti-venoms are monoclonal antibodies or polyclonal antibodies. And then I got it. Then I knew why he sent it to me. He wanted me to immediately see a question that he knew I would say, of course, I'm going to go to the hospital and get anti-venom. So, so in his mind, I think he knew this was a way or God inspired him to send me this message. And then go figure out why it is that you would say yes. There is, this is where uh, it all started. And I'll repeat what uh, Steve Kirsch said to an audience with me last month. He said, if the CDC says something to do, you do the opposite. If the NIH says to do something or the FDA do the opposite. I'm sitting there realizing that anti-venom is monoclonal uh, antibodies, and then I immediately revert back to, in my own mind, that I'm not trusting anything the CDC or the FDA says. um, Is our federal health agencies recommending monoclonal antibodies for COVID-19? No, they're not. They've been uh, bad-mouthing monoclonal antibodies this whole time. They stripped them out of Florida when DeSantis wanted to use them. And then January the 21st of this year, they totally stripped out monoclonal antibodies. They do not want you touching monoclonal antibodies. They also didn't want you from the beginning to touch hydroxychloroquine. They also don't want you touching ivermectin. They also don't want you touching uh, uh, N-acetylcysteine, NAC, so that the things that they tell you to avoid, we know they're telling you to avoid because they work. So I realized that the federal health agencies were actually not supporting monoclonal antibodies, and we believe that this is because they intentionally don't want people to recover. Exactly. Uh, I cannot believe the amount of evil behind this pandemic with what I've realized since then. I realized all of a sudden that monoclonal antibodies are anti-venom. The federal government doesn't want us using anti-venom. 
Why are they bashing anti-venom, and why are we finding that anti-venom works against COVID? Is it not a virus? Is it instead a venom? This is what I want to know. Is COVID a venom? Is this why they don't want you using monoclonal antibodies? Let me ask you a question. Do you believe the mass media is controlled? Of course, you actually do believe that. So you believe that whatever's being pumped out in the media is being orchestrated and controlled across all of it. All right. So in my head, I was like, okay, how do they keep people on that story? So there's this mass media group who are telling a huge story. They're uh, all telling the same story around the world. Whenever anybody says anything against that narrative, what do they use now to combat that in the mainstream media? And Stu Peters said, disinformation. Dr. Brian Artis said, yeah, they call that fact-checkers. Fact-checking is the opposite of fact-checking. <laughs> the arbiters of lies are the fact-checkers. This is true. By definition, fact-checkers are there to divert you from the truth and take you back to a narrative that's being sold worldwide, right? If it's true that COVID could actually be snake venom, and how I came to that conclusion was they don't uh, support the use of anti-venom called monoclonal antibodies because they work. The easiest way to figure that out is, has that ever been fact-checked? <laughs> I want to know, was there ever any mention that the source could have been a snake? And oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Over and over and over in the media in January, uh, February of 2020, there are nonstop public publications that the original source could either be bats, snakes, or pangolins. And every time the snake is mentioned, fact-checkers, one, two, three, four, five, six, constantly fact-check it and spin it back to the bats. There's no fact-checking about bats. They keep you looking at bats. <laughs> in the beginning, in January of 2020, the scientists inside of China said this can't be from bats. These bats hibernate, and it's the winter. And when they did uh, genetic sequences from the antibodies uh, in the people who were sick in Wuhan, they found that their generic sequence is not most like bats. They were most like two snakes. Proteins from the Chinese crate and the king cobra. Then I find in April of 2020, there was a research study published in France where they're finding that the receptors in the brain called nicotinic acetylcholine 
acetylcholine sterase receptors, that's hard to say, are actually bound most tightly to snake venom of the crate and cobra and is what they're finding. And that the spike protein from SARS-CoV-2 is most identical to Chinese crate and king cobra venom, or height. Then I find out that there's an actual doctor, uh, Bing Liu, who works at the University of Pittsburgh in uh, May of 2020, and he works in a computational lab dealing with genetic sequences, and he's been researching for five months the sequencing of spike proteins trying to solve the mystery of SARS-CoV-2 victims. He says he's got a big thing, too, a big press release. They're going to actually announce all their findings. Headline. Set back in the quest to understand coronavirus after a researcher is shot and killed. 37-year-old Bing Liu was on the verge of making significant findings on COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't announce it ahead of time because that's what they do. And that's when I freaked out. Also, all of the clips in the media when they interview his boss, who is still in the University of Pittsburgh, he said that they were going to publish the work they found through Bing Liu's work in their department. That's never been published. I'd like to know why a year and a half later it's never been published. Well, somebody was threatened, no doubt. Uh, And then all of a sudden the realization came to me that this is the great lie. When I say that they have lied to you about everything in relationship to COVID, they've even lied about the viral part of COVID. Now, you have to understand here, my entire stance for the last year and a half has been to educate, warn people about hospital protocols because of a drug called remdesivir. So, in this realization, um, that this could all be related to venom, Something bothered me in the January 21st issue that came out from the FDA about remdesivir on this 42-page document. It actually says there's only one drug that cannot be co-administered with remdesivir at the same time because it negates the antiviral properties of remdesivir, and that drug is hydroxychloroquine. Okay. In January 2020, there's this incredible story, a study, excuse me, that published where over a 10-year period, a company has been funding a research study gene mapping all the genes of the venoms and proteins and peptides inside of King Cobra venom. And in January 2020, They published their findings. Oh, ask me if I was shocked when I saw that there were 19 toxic venom proteins 
that they isolated that specifically target organs in your body. So I go to the funding part of this study, and I want to know who funded this and how many companies. And it says that the majority of the company and studies funding came from a company called Genentech. Genentech is a subsidiary of the company called Roche. I don't know anything about these companies. I never heard of them. The uh, employees of Genentech, who were the authors of the study, said they have a conflict of interest because they actually hold shares and stocks in Roche. Genentech, I, I've never heard of Genentech. There, there, is there a co correlation between Genentech and Gilead? This is not a joke. I typed it on the Internet. Is there a connection to Genentech and Gilead? Oh, my God. Gilead had bought two facilities that deal with biological studies from Genentech in 2011 and then brought 55 of their executives into Gilead in 2011 just when that King Cobra study started. Gilead is the manufacturer of remdesivir. Guess what's been known since 2005? Guess what blocks the nicotine receptors uh, in the brain stem from being injured by cobra venom and viper venom? Guess what drug does that? Hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine and chloroquine, excuse me. Remdesivir, packaged and stored as it is delivered to hospitals, comes in a little glass vial. It's called lipophysilate, excuse me, uh, lyophilized powder, okay? It actually has a white yellowish tint. Guess what color snake venom has when it's stored? Uh, then to be diluted in sodium chloride or distilled water, to be administered in an IV. Also, if people are buying King Cobra Venom, uh, lyophilized, I think is better pronounced, uh, in other words, powder form, they mix it in the same preparation as listed on the fact sheet for remdesivir to actually take Cobra Venom or any other Viper Venom and inject it into horses to make monoclonal antibodies. When you read the emergency use authorization for remdesivir, it states this from January 21st, that every practitioner who administers this to a COVID patient, pediatric, pediatric or not, you have to evaluate for what's called protothrombin, time. Protothrombin time means if it increases the trauma time, it means it's taking your blood's ability to coagulate and making it longer, so it thins your blood. You can't clot, right? You will internally bleed to death with remdesivir. 
It is stated on the emergency use authorization. Every patient has to have their prothrombin time checked before you give them remdesivir and during the treatment. Do you know what King Cobra venom does to the blood? It makes it so that uh, I can't clot. You know, one of the evidences of its uh, prothrombin time, and if you look at the CDC website and the NIH website on the adverse events from remdesivir, it actually says it increases prothrombin time, which is exactly what King Cobra venom does to the human body. And remdesivir is a uh, lyophilized peptide proteins of the King Cobra venom. The University of Arizona published a paper last summer where they actually evaluated the blood samples and tissues of hundreds of people who died from two different hospitals after being treated for COVID, which means they got remdesivir. Why do some people who are seemingly perfectly healthy die from COVID and others don't? It's a question baffling experts during this pandemic. Here's a news report. A new research from the University of Arizona suggests we're closer to getting an answer. It seems to boil down to an enzyme that's also found in rattlesnake venom. What does this rattlesnake have to do with COVID-19 deaths? We turned much of my research in my lab towards COVID a year and a half ago. Chilton says he got blood samples from more than 100 patients in a New York ICU. They either had no COVID or a mild, moderate, or severe case of the virus. He did some fancy artificial intelligence in his lab and discovered two distinct patterns in the people who were dying from COVID. Back to Dr. Brian Artis here. Uh, these patterns, number one, told us that the vital organs were in trouble, but the other looked as if it, they were being attacked by some enzyme. He says he then found the highest concentration of this enzyme that has ever been found in humans. These levels, attacking internal organs, means multiple organ failure and death. So where do the rattlesnakes come into play? This enzyme is a humanized version, part of the same family as the active ingredient in snake venom. In simple terms, this enzyme related to rattlesnake venom that's been found in humans is likely causing tremendous damage leading to COVID-19 deaths, or what people are calling COVID-19 deaths, right? And then they take you through all of the elevated enzymes in the blood samples of these people that are naturally found in rattlesnake venom and viper venom, that are in levels uh, they've never seen before. Do you wonder how they got there? 
five to ten days of remdesivir. They've known since 2005 if you inject a mouse with cobra venom, like they're doing with remdesivir, injecting into your veins, it actually causes a cytokine storm in the lungs of all animals. I'm convinced that COVID-19 is not a respiratory virus of any kind. It's actually venom poisoning. And they're using, I believe, synthesized peptides and proteins from venoms of snakes, and they're administering them and targeting them to certain people. Now, the amazing thing about these 19 toxins found in cobra venom, they're specifically sequenced to target specific organs, like the pancreas in a diabetic, like the heart in a heart disease patient, like the liver in a hepatitis patient. So if I die because I'm a cancer patient, or if I die from some sort of liver-related function because I've had liver problems, uh, if I die, then I'll be undetectable. It'll be untraceable. They're going to chalk it up, of course, to whatever underlying disease the person was suffering from which, of course, we've heard, right? Uh, this is the most original of all bioweapons ever, snake venom. I mean, we know how poisonous snakes are. This is the most obvious bioweapon ever. And when I say that this is the most evil thing I've ever encountered in my entire life, could you ever have imagined the one greatest symbol of evil in all of Christendom. What is the symbol of evil in Christianity? The serpent. The serpent. Can you think of anything more evil than uh, envenomating the entire world with snake venom and then injecting snake venom into your veins? And then using mRNA technology that they've been isolating from snake venom for years that they know are unusually stable, more stable than any other mRNA that they've isolated from other natural organisms for decades. In 2015, they took mRNA from cobra venom, crate venom, and they actually wrapped the mRNA in nanoparticle hydrogel. How often have you heard about that with these new mRNA vaccines? And they made it even more stable. Then they actually added what's called dynabeads to those nanoparticles uh, surrounding the mRNA of snake venom. And it made it even more stable and made it last longer. It made it easier to get inside of your cells. Do you know that dynabeads, what dynabeads are? Magnetic metal nanoparticles. Well, you've watched all the people put the magnets up to their skin when they've gotten the shots. So you know something is radically wrong, right? Okay, back to this. This is a clip from Blacklist. The movie actor says, Your prayers have been answered, Donald. Apparently I am dying 
and I've been poisoned by someone within my organization, someone with access to an offshore account that was used to fund recent attacks against me. Eleven people had access to that account last evening. I called those eleven to a dinner to confront them. And what happened next? I only remember pieces. The restaurant, what it looked like, where it was, I remember holding a glass of wine and not drinking it. Although I'm sure I must have. I need you to find the pharmacotoxicologist who I believe crafted the deadly cocktail and get the antidote from him. He's known as the apothecary, a druggist whose potions hijack the immune system, causing any number of allergic reactions, each one impossible to identify unless you know what you're looking for. An exotic venom might replicate a drug overdose. A personally tailored allergic reaction might trigger cardiovascular collapse. The apothecary can create embolisms, aneurysms, inhibit respiration, induced paralysis. We're looking for corticosteroids, bronchodilator, go, go, go. I've lived my entire adult life surrounded by the corona of death. Sometimes I even longed for it. But lately I find it I'm not willing to go gentle into that good night. But there's good news. The lab did find one distinct element in the molecular structure of the drops taken from Robert Ball's apartment, a peptide unique to the venom of the red-headed crate. Hmm. So back to Dr. Brian Artis here. When I saw this movie clip, I knew, I knew I was right. I knew I was supposed to see that because it was confirmation to me that other people knew that this was planned all along, which we've known this is a plan. In the movie, the FBI figures out that it's actually peptides found in crate venom that poisoned Reddington. In the show, you learn that he was poisoned by drinking. It was put in his drink. And then I realized something. Uh, I realized how they've been spreading this. Okay? I had actually told my wife six months prior to this that it's very odd when you go on the CDC website that they have this wastewater surveillance tab on the COVID data tracker site. And they have 400 water testing sites in 37 cities in this country. What no one knows is the data from the CDC between January of 2020 and September of 2020 in relationship to their water testing of these 37 cities. They only let people know they were doing it in September of 2020 and now releasing that data. They now just announced two weeks ago, Walensky did, of the CDC, that they're now upping their water testing. 
They say uh, and have been reported to media outlets that uh, how it works is that they are PCR testing our wastewater because we, as we get COVID-19, are pooping it in the water and uh, we're going to test our wastewater. And we can tell the city when there's high amounts of SARS-CoV-2 in the water. And they can actually tell that same community four or five days later is going to be an outbreak of COVID-19 in that city. And Stu Peter says, wait a minute, that's backwards. Dr. Brian Artis says, this is completely backwards. If a community has had SARS-CoV-2 go through their body, they've already had their symptoms when they eliminated the virus. Supposedly the virus uh, is out of their body and it ends up in your wastewater. You no longer have symptoms. How could you know uh, and then be able to confirm in the future four to five days from now when we find it in your wastewater supply from your city? When we see it being shed in your water four to five days later, we can actually tell you there, there's, been, uh, there's going to be an outbreak in your city. It's not because there's an outbreak in the city, just like in the show Blacklist. I had to break this down for every aspect of COVID. One thing that's been very unique to COVID is this sense of loss of taste and smell that lasts for months, even years. Holy cow, I had no idea they already knew this happened to people when you drink it. For the people who are the natural healers or individuals who've gotten bitten when they actually suck the venom of cobra into their mouth and then spit it out, they have this loss of taste and smell that can last 12 months to a year and a half. It's just from having been exposed in the mouth, which is exactly what's happening when it's being put into your water. Now, the thing about the water is this. They are using the water systems because they can target specific demographics. They are absolutely confident that the peptides that they have chosen for COVID circulated throughout the earth and throughout the populace and the vaccines and the mRNA in the vaccines specifically target organs like your spleen, your pancreas, or for diabetics, that's a concern, uh, brain tissue, liver tissue, lung tissue, and heart tissue. So if you already have a disease process of inflammation of any of those organs, you are the ones that they are targeting. Stu Peters. So are the people that uh, work at my water treatment facility are aware of this or are they in on it? Dr. Brian. No, no, the CDC is in on it. And the CDC is working with contracting companies to make sure they do it. There are nicotine receptors in your brain stem 
that control your diaphragm. Your diaphragm has to contract uh, to be able to allow oxygen to get into your lungs. They are using crate venom and cobra venom and calling it COVID-19. You're drinking it, it's getting into your brain stem, and it's paralyzing your diaphragm's ability to breathe. I cannot say this enough. In the beginning of COVID, uh, it was being reported around the world that the least demographic represented in hospitals being hospitalized for COVID-19 were smokers. Around the world, it was less than 5% of everybody in the hospitals that were actually smokers. And they found that that odd only because this was a respiratory virus. Wouldn't it be that the people who are shoving tobacco and nicotine in their lungs would be more apt to be traumatized by a novel respiratory virus? But that's not what they saw. What was amazing is when this started getting reported in the first six months of COVID in 2020 around the world, guess what our federal government did? Anthony Fauci, the NIH, CDC, and the FDA all came out and started pumping in the media that there's no better time than right now to quit smoking. And they actually lied to you, and they lied to the entire world and said smokers are being hospitalized at rates higher than any other demographic. Well, the truth is, these nicotine receptors that are affected by cobra venom and crate venom that control your ability to breathe was causing your oxygen levels to fall. On a pulse oximeter, it looks like you have pneumonia, but you didn't. You were being uh, paralyzed. Actually, you couldn't breathe, and your heart rhythm was actually being dropped by the same receptors. Nicotine binds those receptors, and then the venom can't bind, so it can't paralyze your diaphragm. They knew and were theorizing in France in April of 2020 when they figured out that it was the nicotine receptors that control the diaphragm's ability to breathe was what the spike protein was targeting because it most looked like neurotoxin of crate and cobra venom. They started theorizing that studies needed to be done that we start giving people nicotine to protect them from getting COVID. It's a, it absolutely is known that nicotine is protective against COVID-19 because it stops these venoms from damaging and connecting to these nicotine receptors in your brain that control your diaphragm's ability to breathe. But once you go into a hospital, because you can't breathe if you're not a smoker and you don't do the nicotine, they put you on remdesivir. Remdesivir is venom from a cobra. It's attaching itself to the nicotine receptors in your brain. You then can't breathe, and then at the same time it destroys the inside of you, your or your lungs, 
of you or your lungs through what's called a cytokine storm. That is what cobra venom does. And then they say that they've got to put you on a ventilator. They're putting you on ventilators because then they can actually murder you by euthanizing you with drugs that act similarly to the venom. They have to sedate you because when they go to shove the tube down your trachea to get into your lungs, you'll pull it out. You'll pull it out and you'll fight them as they're trying to shove it in there. So they have to uh, sedate you. So they use morphine, fentanyl, uh, lorazepam, or midazolam. These drugs act uh, on the same centers of your brain that control the diaphragm's breathing. These drugs are euthanizing drugs, and they actually will put you on these protocols at the same time they have you on remdesivir. The entire attempt is to slow down your breathing and your diaphragm, and you will die. They've got the cocktail down pat. The average person dies on day 9 of COVID-19, hospitalized uh, treatment. They only authorize per NIH two five-day treatments of remdesivir. It's amazing that the ninth day is the day that most people die in February of 2020. The Wall Street Journal was allowed to produce an article that they particularly speak to the word virus in coronavirus pandemic. And in this article, it actually states that the Latin definition for virus originally and historically, virus means venom. So I started to wonder, well, what about the name Corona? Does it have a Latin definition or a definition at all? So I actually looked up what the definition on dictionary.com, and it brings up 13 definitions. Corona religiously, ecclesiastically, means gold ribbon at the base of a mitre. I didn't know what a mitre was, so I copied it and pasted it and then hit images so this actually could read the Pope's Venom Pandemic. Oh, it actually can read crown. Corona means crown also in Latin terms. Visually, we see kings represented with a crown symbol. So put that together for me. King Cobra Venom, it actually could read King Cobra Venom Pandemic. I've said this for about a year now that I actually believe this is uh, more of a religious war on the entire world. I've been uh, adamant about that. And actually, the message of Christ forever was he's the master healer and faith proceeds all miracles, not vaccines. I agree with that. (laughs) So why are we actually putting more faith in drugs? And why is a man of the cloth, the Pope, supposedly putting more faith in science and a drug than he is in telling people to pray to God? 
God's greatest creation was you, and you are made up of a DNA strand of genetics that are unique to you. If I was going to do something incredibly evil, how ironic would it be that the Catholic Church or whoever would use the one symbol of an animal that represents evil in all religion, which is either the snake or the dragon, which is actually just a snake with legs. You take that snake or that serpent and you figure out how to isolate genes from that serpent and get those genes of that serpent to insert itself into your God-given created DNA. I think this was the plan all along, to get the serpents, the evil ones, DNA into your God-created DNA, and they figured out how to do it with this mRNA technology. They are using mRNA, which is mRNA extracted from, I believe, the king cobra venom. And I think they want to get that venom inside of you and make you a hybrid of Satan. No longer just belonging to God or a creation of God's, when I say that the mRNA inside of the Pfizer and Moderna shots is actually derived from snake venom. Yeah, it just sounds crazy, right? But I want you to read from July the 6th, last year, 2021, the co-founder of Moderna, read the title, Show It to the Camera. Moderna is using mRNA technology to treat venomous snake bites. It goes on to say that he's going to help create and co-found a company based in San Francisco that actually is going to solely work on creating anti-venom drugs for snake bites. Guess who funds this thing? The Department of Defense, the Wellcome Trust Fund, and the United Nations. Incredible. All right, so this is great. Let's just wrap our heads around that for a second. How many snake bite victims are there? It's like 100,000 people. 100,000 people will die from snake bites. But this is enough for the Department of Defense and for the United Nations to get on board and to fund such a venture. Dr. Hoff, out of Canada, after evaluating this his vaccinated patients, was able to determine that those who had received them had elevated D dimmers. And he checked that because they all complained of extreme fatigue, like long haulers COVID symptoms. And he was enlightened to do this D-dimmer test and then found every single one of them had elevated D-dimmer. Now I want you to read on Medscape. What is it that medical doctors are trained to look for when they see elevated D-dimmers? So, read the title, and I want you to read the fifth bullet point. How are elevated D-dimmers levels interpreted? Snake venom poisoning. 
So even medical doctors are trained to look for elevated D-dimmers to know that this is a possible snake venom poisoning. And notice that they don't they didn't use the word snake bite victim or snake venom poisoning. And I was like, "Oh my god, it's the mRNA shots for sure. This is why you're seeing this." They even talk about it on on here that uh, D-dimmer is a reflection of uh, fibrinogen and its ability to control coagulation and that it's usually at normal low levels inside of people who are fine. But then these D-dimmers get extremely elevated after snake venom poisoning. The kidney uh, failure caused by remdesivir is the number one organ targeted by king cobra venom. It's the number one. There isn't anything in relationship to symptom etiology of uh, COVID-19 injuries, post-COVID-19 vaccines treatments with remdesivir that cannot be correlated back in research studies to venom from cobras, crates, and other vipers. Hmm. So when somebody gets bit by a snake, particularly a king cobra or a crate, what is the long-term prognosis for these people? If you've been injected, you've had gene sequences put into you or peptides put into you from a venom. And that actually continues, particularly one bite after another. Those disease processes uh, become even more exaggerated. And this is why they want to continue doing the booster shot program. Okay. Now, here is a follow-up. Dr. Artis answers the top questions about venom theory. And we'll put a link here, okay? And it's from uh, Brighteon. And this is a transcript of the first 15 minutes. Dr. Artis, I've worried that the information was going to be so monstrous that many people would deflect immediately and not trust the information or not want to consider even looking at it. I was hoping that when I brought this to Mike Adams that any gaps in the story would be filled in by other experts in the fields. I'm not an expert in all fields. I'm not an expert in water supplies. So I just want to clear up this water supply thing uh, with the help of Mike Adams. The one thing that's been uh, the biggest negative has been people saying there's no way that this is in the water. How can you even say they're poisoning the water with snake venom, etc.? I want people to understand something. Water has not been my story. This is not even the biggest part of the story. I've just wanted to save people's lives from the hospital protocols. As I have said from the very beginning for the last two years, whatever the bioweapon is, even when I thought it was just a virus engineered in a lab, that it's not very good or effective because 
less than 1% of the entire world population has died from it. I never thought the whole water source thing was dangerous or horrific, uh, and everyone should focus on the water. In fact, Stu Peters was the one who came up with the title for our Watch the Water interview and documentary. Well, Mike Adams said this, About the water thing, I find it a little bit surprising that some people were giving you pushback on the water issue. It's as if they've forgotten the decades of water fluoridation. The water supply has been meticulously and systematically poisoned with toxic fluoride, which is a near-toxic chemical that is dripped into the water supply. It actually comes in the form of a powder, just like remdesivir, and then it's reconstituted into a solution. Every municipal water treatment center has a machine that drips, quote, the proper dose, unquote, of the poison into the water supply, folks. So how can people say they're not poisoning us in the water? And secondly, what about Flint, Michigan and all the lead poisoning that occurred in that event? What about the poisoning of DuPont chemicals in the water supply? I mean, come on, people. To say that you can't be poisoned in the water supply is just ignorant. Dr. Artis said this, When people keep asking me, what proof do you have that it's in the water? How about if you just look at what the CDC's been doing? what they're actually been testing this whole time, looking for bioweapon called SARS-CoV-2. Hmm. And these are the people who are um, in with the deep state on the whole poisoning thing. They have, uh, that's my comment, um, they have 400 water testing sites in different cities all around the country. They are doing PCR testing on your water, looking for the weapon. They are looking for this so-called virus in your water. Some argue, but that's the wastewater that they are testing. But they are going to filter that water, and it's going to become your drinking water. And I can't see any evidence yet that the CDC has proven that they're not only testing the water for SARS-CoV-2. Uh, this really deadly pathogen, according to them, and then at the same time filtering it out of your water before returning it back to you. I've never seen that evidence or read anything about that. All I've seen is we are testing all of these sites looking for SARS-CoV-2 in the water. And they've been using this sole method for predicting outbreaks in your city. And they are only looking at the water. So if this is what they are using to predict outbreaks in your town, then logically it must be being recirculated back into the water source that's coming through our taps. So... I just want people to know that if the CDC is looking in your water 
for SARS-CoV-2, maybe we should find out if they are actually filtering it out of the water as they find it. <laughs> Mike Adams says, uh, So what they are testing is wastewater. But as you say, the sewage water gets treated and turned back into drinking water. What you say is true that what is coming out of someone's tap was coming out of someone's toilet up the river. So the question becomes, are these water districts who treat the water removing SARS-CoV-2? Do they remove potentially snake venom peptides from pharmaceuticals or other sources? What are they removing or not removing? And we don't have an answer to that question yet. Dr. Ardis, I don't know either. But the enlightening fact is that governments around the world have been doing wastewater surveillance, testing for SARS-CoV-2, this whole time. So my question is, have they been poisoning the water right under our noses and we never knew it? People are saying, how did artists come to this? The truth is, I really want to convey this point. The story for me is not the water. My whole agenda for two years has been to save people's lives from these evil hospital protocols. It just took a new direction when I got a text from Dr. Richard Bartlett that said, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, uh, would go get anti? Would you go get anti venom? And ever since then, the entire scope of COVID nineteen and the reality of what is really what it really is has completely transformed, regardless of the source of how they are distributing it. There is enough evidence now to start looking to see if it is true that the bioweapon itself is being distributed through gain of function, or they've been dumping synthetic peptides of venomous into, into the water or aerosolizing them however they are uh, being distributed. It is true that the bioweapon is snake venom or animal venom peptides, and if so, go test the people. The University of Arizona said that individuals treated for COVID-19 whose tissue and blood samples were studied, that the amount of this enzyme called SPLA2 that was present looked like snake venom and had been coursing through their veins. This is the same enzyme found in rattlesnake venom. We need to start looking at is, is it possible that these components found in venom are orchestrating this whole plan? Because when you start looking at the mRNA vaccine side effects, almost all of them can be tied to a specific snake venom component. You can also look at the SARS-CoV-2 side effects like loss of taste and smell. These are actually side effects of snake venom and not customarily a side effect of viruses 
which has been very mysterious. Mike Adams So I'm glad that you mentioned multiple vectors of exposure because Dr. Lee Merrick believes that this has probably been distributed in cities as a contact poison to distribute it through skin-penetrating nanoparticles, which were part of the Echo Health Alliance's proposal to DARPA for release in China in the bat caves. You mentioned water as a vector and also an aerosolized release as a possible vector. I think what you are trying to convey to people is, hey, don't get stuck on the water. There are multiple vectors. The point is maybe it's in the air. Maybe it's on contact surfaces. Maybe it's in the water. But these people are being deliberately exposed to these nanoparticles that you're saying were derived from the structure of venom peptides because those molecules are extremely toxic and are generating the side effects that we're seeing. Is that a fair summary of what you're saying? Dr. Artis, yes. By the way, Dr. Lee Merrick texted me this morning and said, Dr. Artis, you're going to have to show me evidence about this water sourcing and snake venom. And I texted her back and said, Dr. Merrick, you're missing the point. I need everybody to go and look at the weapon. I don't care where it is or the mode of distribution. Look, Dr. Merrick, they are finding it in the water. Our government agencies are spending millions of dollars finding it in the water. It's obviously in the water also, whether through shedding in the feces or of, of they are, or they are actively poisoning us, just as with fluoride. Just know the weapon is venom. Treat it like an, an inflammation. Uh, and you'll solve the riddle of the mystery of SARS-CoV-2 infections and the side effects of the vaccines and the hospital protocols being used for COVID-19 infections. They all have something in common. They all find these snake venom-like properties in the side effects and in the enzymes in the bodies of COVID-19 patients. Oh, my. Mike Adams, yeah, that's what's fascinating. It was shocking how closely the symptoms match up. And also, you've provided a tremendous amount of documentation. So there's been a lot of due diligence on your part. Scientific American uh, absolutely did publish a story in 2020 that is mentioned uh, in your presentation that talks about SARS-CoV-2 as has the most similarity with snakes because of the code ons and the genetic uh, similarity, and CNN covered it as well as other scientific journals. So when people say there's no research to back this up, I don't know what they're watching or what they are not watching. We put it all up on the screen for everybody. Dr. Artis, 
The thing that kind of solidified it all for me was when British medical journal Global News published this last year that right now there are two health crises going on at the same time around the world, which were snake bites and COVID-19. They didn't say bat bites and COVID-19. They have one research and development in common, only one opportunity to handle both crises. The code on uh, usage bias, as we showed from the studies in January 2020, is a specific term that specifies the genetic origin. Well, this study found that code on usage bias for SARS-CoV-2 was most identical to the Chinese common crate and the king cobra, not bats or <laughs> snakes. Mike Adams. Well, you've brought a lot of research to the table, and one of the reactions today from the left-wing media is, oh, this is crazy, snake venom, crazy conspiracy, where do these people get this stuff? Well, that may let you know we're on to something right there, doesn't it? That's my comment, right? Um, they are attacking you and Stu Peters, who, by the way, has had his house swatted by the FBI twice in the past week. Ooh, go figure. But it's all in the research. It's all in the articles. But the funny thing is, by attacking you over this, they are forcing people to think about snake venom for the first time. Dr. Artis. And the British Medical Journal is saying that the two main crises around the world right now are snake bites and COVID-19. So maybe we should be looking at snake venom. Here's the article, uh, doctors don't even know. Millions of people are swallowing venom-derived pharmaceuticals made from pit vipers, gila monsters, gila monsters, uh, leeches, rattlesnakes, and death stalker scorpions. That's April 14th, 2022 by Mike Adams. There's a link there to it. Um, pharma snakes. 13 Irrefutable Facts About Snake Venom, Big Pharma, and Biological Weapons, April 15th, by Mike Adams. As the concept of venom theory has reverberated around the world this week, many people are shocked to realize how many pharmaceutical medications are derived almost entirely from rattlesnake venom, Gila monster, reptile venom, viper venom, scorpion venom, and other such sources. The pain treatment drug uh, named Prealt, cprealt.com, uh, is actually synthesized by copying the poison of the magical cone snail, Conus magnus. This uh, poison produces hallucinations, confusion, altered uh, states of consciousness, and more. The insert sheet for the Prate drug carries bizarre warnings such as 
Patients have become unresponsive or stuporous when receiving prealt. Hmm. Uh, patients who are made unconscious by the drug may appear to be perfectly conscious, almost as if they are in a zombie state. The warning sheet explains, during these episodes, patients sometimes appear to be conscious and breathing uh, is not depressed. If reduced levels of consciousness occur, discontinue prealt until the event resolves. We acknowledge that drugs like prealt may have practical beneficiary applications for people who are suffering chronic pain yet who are unable to take highly addictive opioids uh, for uh, a variety of reasons. However, we take issue with the fact that drug companies and doctors seem to be hiding the origins of these medications from patients. Most doctors aren't even aware that toxins, poisons, and venoms are used as as the templates to synthesize extremely toxic peptides that are frequently used in prescription medications, including drugs for heart attacks, diabetes, high blood pressure, and more. Reptile venoms can be weaponized and turned into large-scale chemical weapon systems. Even worse, these reptile venoms can be weaponized and mass-produced, and then used in a large-scale chemical attack on the population by introducing these toxins into food, water, air, or contact surfaces. Just as fentanyl can be weaponized through aerosolization and uh, drone delivery, these reptile venom peptides can also be weaponized and used to mass murder large numbers of people. Some observers believe this has already happened and that the mRNA vaccines currently being injected into people may deposit instructions for venom peptide synthesis into the cells of the body. If true, this would turn your body into a reptilian venom factory from the inside. It might also explain why so many side effects of COVID vaccines seem to align so closely with the known effects of envenomation, being bitten by a snake or a viper or a scorpion, etc. Dr. Brian Artis covers this in detail in Part 3 of my recent interview with him. Many people say this third part is by far the most informative and it's all backed by meticulous scientific research. And here's a link. Uh, as ToxinTech.com explains on their website, touting the pharmaceutical potential for the venom peptides in their library. Quote, The biological function of animal venoms is to immobilize and kill prey or predator or, or predator. Uh, in seconds to minutes. Venom toxins uh, target neuromuscular, cardiovascular, hemostatic, and other life functions. Toxins bind to targets with highly af- high affinity and are chemically stable. For the record, 
we do not uh, ascribe nefarious intent on the part of Toxin Tech. However, we recognize that Toxin Tech's Venom library may be exploited and misused by bad actors to create weapons of mass destruction, all based on Venom peptides, which are engineered to kill. Interestingly, the Toxin Tech homepage feature uh, image asks a rather blunt question that could be easily misconstrued. Designed toxins have a target? Hmm. In the context of uh, biosciences, this means a molecular target such as a specific enzymatic pathway or channel such as calcium channels or sodium channels, but to the mind of a bad actor with nefarious intent, they might wish to target humanity, for example, with a venom-based depopulation weapon. 13 Irrefutable Facts About Snake Venom, Big Pharma and Bioweapons We spent much of this week researching the venom peptide industry, and what we found is rather astonishing. In fact, I think it's one of the biggest stories in the history of modern pharmaceutical medicine. Here's what we know so far. Fact number one. Big Pharma routinely uses venom and venom peptides for drug discovery. Around 150,000 animal species are known to produce toxins, and scientists estimate that 20 million toxins exist. Only a small fraction have been studied. Fact number two. Massive venom libraries already exist, 20,000-plus venom peptides and are marketed to the pharma industry for drug discovery. Two such companies are VenomTech, UK, and ToxinTech, USA. Fact number three. One Venom Library company celebrates how its venoms for big pharma are able to immobilize and kill prey in seconds or minutes. They explain that venoms are perfected by millions of years of evolution in order to target neuromuscular, cardiovascular, hemostatic, and other life functions. Toxintech.com homepage sourced April 14, 2022. This means that venom library licensing companies recognize the toxicity of the compounds they are offering to drug companies. In fact, they state so in their own marketing materials. Fact number four, reptile, reptile venoms can be weaponized and made into biological weapons. Protein sequences are provided by the venom library companies, allowing gain-of-function research to engineer venom peptides into viral payloads or mRNA therapeutics. Because venoms are poisons, the knowledge of how to engineer and synthesize these poisons at the amino acid level is also uh, knowledge of how to build biological or chemical weapons. Fact number five. Dozens of pharmaceuticals derived entirely from animal venom already exist. Many are FDA approved. 
A full chart has been published by Natural News and is also shown below. Fact number six, pharma appears to be hiding the venom origins of their products, making few or no disclosures on marketing websites about the actual origin of their drugs. You would have to read the insert sheets and understand Latin names <laughs> to know that their drugs come from animal venom. Fact number seven, nearly zero doctors or patients know about the venom origins of venom-derived medications. Thus, patients are swallowing actual reptile venom molecules, but being told by doctors that it is medication. The FDA's approval of a venom as a medication does not magically transform it into something that is non-toxic. The toxicity is simply uh, reframed as therapeutic by the FDA, which then hands the uh, pharmaceutical company a market monopoly to sell a molecule that was actually pirated from nature. Fact number eight, venom molecules and venom peptides are mass synthesized in pharmaceutical factories. This is a common practice. This is referred to by numerous scientific and bioscience resources, including the World Economic Forum. Oh, you know them. Fact number nine, venoms and venom peptides are th synthesized as chemically stable, toxintech.com and are routinely delivered via uh, liquid solutions without any preservatives. They need no special preservatives to maintain their structure and function. Nanocarriers are also available to further stabilize the venom peptides. And there's a link here. Fact number 10, venoms can be touted by pharmaceutical companies as naturally occurring. <laughs> Because they are. Yet this label can be misleading since people equate the word natural with healthful or safe. Fact number 11. Because venom peptides are stable in solution, they can be weaponized and mass produced and then distributed via air, water, food, or contact surfaces. This means that it is entirely plausible that mass poisoning via venom peptides could be accomplished through the water supply or the food supply or dropped on cities via drones, etc. These are not outlandish ideas in the least. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security just recently conducted chemical weapons simulation tests in New York City, releasing non-toxic gas in, a city, in city parks and subway stations in order to study this very thing. If it's a crazy conspiracy theory, then somebody needs to tell DHS because they've been drilling for this exact scenario. Fact number 12. Some toxins are skin penetrating and can be absorbed merely by touching. Not a venom, but a toxin or poison. This was all admitted in uh, Echo Health Alliance proposal to DARPA as covered in this story. And it's a, a link, and it's called Leaked DARPA Document 
drastic analysis confirms attack on humanity using aerosolized skin-penetrating nanoparticle spike proteins. Fact number 13. Venoms and venom peptides produced for pharma are so stable that they survive stomach acid. Did you hear that? Which means the venom peptides are stable in solution, including in rather acidic reactive solutions. This means that they do not automatically break down in city water either. If venom toxins were not highly stable molecules, they would not be very good venoms in the first place. As Toxin Tech explains, millions of years of evolution has perfected the functionality of these molecules. Wow. Well, I would say they're covering it pretty good. Um, and, um, you know, people um, getting stuck on the water situation may, in this just this last couple of paragraphs, may be a solution to that. Um we know that this evil is around the world and that they've been poisoning us through the air, the water, the drugs, um, specifically um, killing people in hospitals. Uh, doctors ignorant, uh, some looking the other way because they're making a lot of money, some just ignorant. Uh, we need to put our trust in God. Um you can't trust anything from here on. If you've read the book of Revelation and you see the depopulation clearly stated there in the book of Revelation, you should know that these people are dying from here on. Because we're there. These people are dying from here on. I say, repent and turn to God. Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for you to be healed. The Word of God says, by whose stripes you were healed. He healed you at the cross. It only works through faith. It doesn't work through any other method. It doesn't work through legalism, because some people have tried using faith through legalism. And that doesn't work either. It kills people. Okay. Uh, in fact, uh, our Real Good News book, there I spend two chapters on teaching on that, of uh, stay away from legalism, commanding people to uh, stay away from doctors or uh, medical facilities and so on and so forth. I cover that very clearly there. But I want to tell you, history is now saying very clearly that the most dangerous place you can go is a hospital. If you're going there for COVID-19 or to be tested, which is also dangerous, they've proven. So, wow, it's, um, it's a real mess out there. And uh, Father, we just ask, that you lead people to study the Word of God. 
You said, Lord, I will put none of the diseases upon thee which I have put upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Of course, we know there was a Passover, and the Passover lamb was sacrificed, who we know to be Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, so the people of God escaped the poison, but it jumped over and took out the Egyptians who didn't believe. Okay? And they symbolize, of course, people who don't believe and who keep God's people in bondage and who were taken out in the Red Sea so that God's people could be free. And so, uh, Lord... We ask that your truth gets out there, your healing power gets out there, and people become to realize that according to your word, you have already healed them, and you're quite willing to manifest it. Because Jesus went about doing good, healing all who was oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And then his disciples went out the same way, healing all who was oppressed of the devil the serpent, and they healed the people that came to them. And, you know, we're in the former reign, and we have had uh, plenty of good examples of healing and miracles, even powerful miracles, but we're coming to the latter reign, which uh, is going to be first given to the man-child ministry, to uh, administer and to show people because God wants to confirm truth and these people are going to share truth. So uh, this latter rain is going to be far more power than we are used to um, uh, in this uh, waning part of the former rain. Far more power than we're used to. And so when you see this, uh, people going around and doing these miracles just like Jesus did. Just remember, this is God's method. This is God's method. All through the Bible, it was God's methods. So turn to the Lord. Repent. Find out what the Bible has to say about it. Um, go to the front page of our site and look at the book we put on there to um, heal people and to show people what the Word of God says right on the front page there. And uh, we just pray that you um, will seek the Lord because this is not going to get better. This is not the end of it. These people have an agenda. They want to kill most of planet Earth. And so you need to get prepared. The only way that's ultimately going to save people, Jesus Christ, he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's vaccine on the front of our site will uh, lead you to understand. And also our book on the front of our site, uh, ubm.org, uh, ubm1.org, excuse me. Um, the Real Good News. The Real Good News uh, is taken straight out of the Bible to show you the real good news that he forgave your sins and he took away the curse for those sins. Since he forgave you of those sins, he took away the curse for those sins. 
and one of those curses is sickness, disease, etc. And so he took that away too. By whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. So search out God. Search out His Word. Search out the truth. Draw nigh unto God. Pray and ask Him to heal you. That should be pretty safe, right? Pray and ask Him to heal you and to show you the way of healing and how to receive it by faith. You know, faith is the substance of the thing hoped for while the evidence is not seen. Faith is giving substance to what God's Word says. In other words, bringing it from the spiritual realm down into your physical realm. Faith does this. Nothing else will do it. God's made the condition uh, for His healing, and it's faith in Him. You uh, believe in your heart, and then you confess with your mouth, the Bible says. You believe in your heart, you confess your healing that was given to you by Jesus Christ with your mouth. Don't bother confessing it with your mouth if you don't believe it in your heart. (laughs) Right? Um that can be that legalism that I warned you against. So, um, God bless you, saints. Thank you for joining us today. I know this has been a long uh, readout, and um, I hope it's helped. And uh, anyway, this will be posted so you can read it more carefully, more slower, or do your own research. You know? um, God bless you, and uh, good night. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. I trust in you. darkest night what will be my guiding light the shining rays of red and white Jesus I trust in you sacred heart in you I find mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine oh Jesus I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. 
Jesus.